This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Deitch. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. This, um, I'm going to call this kind of a uh, hybrid mini pod slash regular pod, because we will talk a little bit of viewership on this one, but we will we will go beyond that as well. And I have a couple of regulars who are uh, longtime uh, parts of this podcast when it comes to sports media discussions. Chad Finn is the media writer and columnist for the Boston Globe. John Lewis is the founder and editor of Sports Media Watch. This is important because uh, people who listen to this obviously will care about this. Every Tuesday on SportsMediaWatch.com, John puts out his full list of NFL viewership numbers, ratings, as well as the same for college football. So if you want a sense of how the NFL did each week, and certainly if you're a college football fan, if you want to see which were the most uh, watched games of the week, which for many weeks this year has been Colorado, uh, check out John's excellent site. Uh, I've said this many times. Um, it's uh, it's as invaluable a site if you're into yep. sports media as it gets, and Chad Finn just uh, concurred there. So with that, Seconded. I welcome uh, John Lewis and Chad Finn to the Sports Media Podcast. Welcome back, guys. Hey, thank you so much. Hey, thanks, Rich. All right, let's start here. I mean, this World Series... Um, I mean, the amount of people who are interested in this is incredible. 200 million, I think, was the viewership number uh, yesterday. I mean, <laughs> just game changer. No, as course, um, as I think anybody knows, um, the last data we have on the World Series is we're taping this, um, which is game three. Uh, 8.13 million viewers on Fox. That's the least watched World Series game wow. on record. The previous low was game two, 8.15 million. Uh, by the time you listen to this tomorrow... Uh, Thursday, November second, when you when you can first listen to this podcast, the game four number will be out. It would not surprise me if it if it dropped below game three. You know, maybe if it's flat, but it, it, you know, it's not going to pop. I mean, this series at this point is what it is, unless it goes to seven games. So, Chad, I'll start with you. I mean, I don't think anybody who writes about this and covers this is going to be surprised that this that the series um, w- was not a uh, you know a significant um, viewed series but i gotta be honest i think i'm even a little bit surprised at the numbers and how low they are how do you see it yeah i'm surprised too i i uh, did you get that email from doug pucci uh, before the series yes i did for, uh, from um uh, yeah. yeah we should yeah, i should just mention uh douglas pucci correct me if i'm wrong john lewis uh writer for programming insider and a couple other places and every year which is always cool he he asks like 25 media people to make a prediction on um viewership for big events and then he writes it up and he'll show it to you based on like uh 
lowest uh, predictions to highest predictions. And I think John, uh, Chad, and myself were all part of that. So go ahead, Chad. Yeah, I mean, last year was uh, he when when Doug Sunset around. He, it's always got the uh, you know viewership numbers from the last decade or so for each individual World Series, and it's really interesting to look at. And last year's was, and and John can speak to this better than I can uh, on the viewership numbers, but it was uh, I think twelve million. And when I got that email from him, I was thinking, all right, well, this is Arizona and Texas. It's going to be have a little less broad appeal. I I'll say it'll be. 10.811 million this year and uh it's even worse than that considerably and i'm i'm actually surprised by how low the number is uh so far for the first uh, few games of the series because uh sometimes you hear people say well i want new teams in there you know houston's not there um i think these are both interesting teams even though they're not the most high profile and and it's set up to be a entertaining world series and yet it just hasn't pulled in the casual fans or people who are baseball fans without a rooting interest and uh i'm i'm surprised i knew it was going to be lower i'm surprised how low it is so john lewis i'll go to you i mean do you have any thoughts on this i mean the you know the conventional wisdom is that um, neither Arizona or Texas are national teams. Um, you know, that's no knock on them. They're, 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 they're both interesting teams. And as a baseball fan, I'm still watching, but this is not the Yankees, the Phillies or the Dodgers. The, the series started on a Friday. Um, so you got no momentum from it. It has gone against some competition, including Monday night football, but, um, you know, the, 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 the championship series did well, so you can't necessarily blame like they didn't have some kind of momentum coming in, but uh, um, it, it just it hasn't been there. So what are your thoughts as to the why as opposed to like we know the numbers already? Well, I mean, obviously, it's not your traditional teams, right? Uh, Arizona and Texas, they don't have a ton of history. I mean, they both played in very memorable World Series in 2001 and then 2011. But the franchises, they don't have that particular following that you see from obviously obviously the traditional teams like the Yankees and Cubs and and Red Sox. They don't have that kind of following. They don't have that kind of history. They just, you know, they don't resonate in that way. Now, you can't resonate until you've been to the top a few times. The Astros didn't mean anything a few years ago. Now, even though they're not necessarily a great TV draw, they're very well known. And when they make it to this time of year, people, whether they decide to tune out out of protest or they decide to tune in to watch them lose, they 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 are motivated by their presence in a way that I don't think Arizona or Texas uh, ha- have that ability. Then you get to you know and we talked the last time I was on you know I mentioned all the heat Nate Silver took, and uh, you know Nate Silver certainly looking more and more vindicated because he said this was not a compelling matchup on paper. Well, game one was great, and the subsequent three games were not compelling. Uh, you know, game two was a route, game four was a route, and game three wasn't a route, but it also was not a particularly compelling game. So this is not beaten expectations on the field either. You've now had two significant injuries. The star of the Rangers, the guy who was doing all of the heroics, including in game one, he's gone. Scherzer, the only really recognizable name across these teams, with all due respect to Evan Longoria, he's gone as well. So it's been not a great matchup on the field so far. 
you know, three, one comebacks do happen, but it's going to take something like that for, for this to uh, start to, to really capture anybody's attention. And, uh, you know, then there's just a simple fact that, you know, sports ratings are, are, are declining outside of football nowadays. Uh, and you said, you know, the league championship series did well, it did have a five year high, but that was mainly because both LCS went seven and, that was only the second time that that's happened in the past 20 years. The other time was in the bubble. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it was that baseball had a lot of momentum going into this to begin with. Yeah. And I mean, these numbers also exist too, without a home uh, viewership, which is just, I mean, really sort of compounds just uh, uh, the struggles that have existed. You know, uh, Chad, it's interesting. um, You know, the three of us are used to historically over the years, Fox Sports putting out uh, or sending long email releases right on the World Series. They've gotten sort of shorter over the last couple of years. So now today, you know, they're just graphics. Yeah, now they're graphics, right? Just Twitter basic graphics. And I don't even think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even think I got one for game three or I didn't see one for game three. It's almost just like I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, fuck it. We're (laughs) we're done. We're not we're we're not. We we can't spin this one. There's there's nowhere to go. Um, Again, if it goes to game seven. You know, I think there's always, Chad, still going to be people who are interested in a Game 7 as casuals. But that's about it for this one. I think that's the only thing that sort of can turn this series into one that's, um, you know, that just doesn't register as like the least memorable series in the last 20 years. Oh, it's pretty interesting to look back and see what uh, the Rangers in particular have had uh, in the World Series they've been in the last time they were in 2011 average 16.6 but that was a seven game series the year before they were in it lost to the uh the the giants when they were winning every other year and uh that was 14.3 for a five game series but you think about that 11 series the rangers uh should have won it david freeze came through to the cardinals the cardinals market obviously had a huge effect on that you look at the regional cable numbers this year and i think philadelphia was number one and the Cardinals were second. The Cardinals had a big drop off and still had a huge number. So that's a, uh, just a massive baseball market, but uh, that pumped things up that year. But uh, you know, the Rangers have been involved in compelling series uh, when they were involved in a, a compelling series, the numbers are excellent. And I just think people aren't seeing that with this particular matchup as John elaborated on the, the diamondbacks um, you know, they, 2001s over 20 years ago and uh you know that was against the yankees this this team just it won 84 games um beyond corbin carroll it really didn't catch fans fancy over the course of the season and i think that's having some effect right now on on this matchup yeah the one thing that this does and again let me be the first to say i think baseball is an incredible regional sport i go to a ton of blue jay games um I, i watch every blue jay game i i think it's uh it's you know long and in compelling theater for a long time. What this uh, what this series is telling you is that like you know it sort of devalues any kind of national package to me. Um, you know as you sort of head forward, if you're the ESPNs and the Foxes, I mean the World Series will always be a good property, but you know it becomes harder and harder to like sort of make the sell like on a Sunday, like the quote unquote national game of the week. It's just really becoming much more of a of a regional play ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official 
no one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, I want to move on. This goes to you, John Lewis. Uh, last week, NFL Sunday Ticket, the of course, the out-of-market game day package that's now on YouTube TV. You know, it used to be on direct. Um, experienced issues uh, for streaming in terms of the uh, – the early kickoff. A lot of angry fans. Uh, it seemed to have gotten better uh, as the day went on, and it didn't. It didn't hit everybody. Um, I think it. it you know, it, there were some Sunday ticket people who seemed to be okay with it. But you know, this is a. This is like you know, we had talked about like for Amazon when they started. Like the one thing you got to have is proof of concept. You got to convince the public that like um, you know, if you're going to try this new product, particularly streaming one, like everything's going to work and. YouTube TV had that for you know for every week prior to this one. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if you have Sunday Ticket, but I wanted to sort of just get your your thoughts on this because I feel like it's a story to pay attention to. It's uh, I would say they cannot repeat this at all for the rest of the year. People will forget it if the rest of the year is clean. But man, if you have any kind of second week with buffering issues, that's when people are gonna I think get ticked off. Well, I mean, let's not forget this is Google. You know, Google can do whatever it wants. It doesn't have to care. Uh, it'll run roughshod over anybody and uh, be held accountable by no one. So, <laughs> um, But I will say, if you go back just to the conference finals in the NBA, they had that terrible botched ending of the Heat Celtics game. Uh, so that's less than a year ago. Um, they, you know, it, it is, it's a streaming platform. I will say this uh, as someone who has used all of them. It is the best one, in my view, in terms of buffering, in terms of these types of issues. Um, it's far from perfect, though, and you, you're not going to be able to be on a streaming platform without there being these types of, of, of problems. Um, I think it will definitely happen again. I, I mean, and you know one thing, too? I've, I, I, I started with YouTube TV, and I've been on and off numerous times since in 2017 or 18 or something like that. And when they used to have problems, they would automatically credit you $15 or whatever. They don't even do that anymore. Right. You know, I mean, I'm sure if you ask for a credit, they'll give you one, but they used to just automatically do that. Um, the reality is that the era of having to be afraid that, Oh no, people might not want to use us. That's over. The, the, the streaming companies know that they can take, their customers for granted. That's where the business has reached on that on that front. So I think of course it'll happen again. I don't see any any reason why it wouldn't. So John, you have so you have YouTube TV, correct? Did you um, yeah. um I saw online on Twitter that they did sort of give a message basically saying we'll follow up here once this has been resolved. So no one from YouTube has reached out to you via email or anything else, even with a Hey, we just want to sort of see if you if you were involved this week. Forget about refunds, which you just said clearly said didn't happen. Did any was there any customer service outreach for you as a subscriber? 
None that I saw. No, I have it too. I didn't get anything. Nothing for you either, Chad. Okay, and obviously, same with you, Chad. No, uh, no offer for a refund or anything like that yet. No, there. Uh, the only offer I've gotten is for um, uh, a new sign up. Uh, twenty bucks off for the first three months because it's up to seventy three dollars a month now. Uh, seven, yeah, seventy three bucks now, where it was thirty four ninety nine, I think, when I first subscribed to it a few years ago. Um, so even though we have it in the house here, I still get messages trying to get us to subscribe for some reason. Okay. Do you what when you're watching the NFL, Chad? Let's say outside of Patriot games, which maybe you watch locally. It, have you been watching it this year, Sunday Ticket through YouTube? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And other yeah. than this, did you have any uh, issues on Sunday? I did. I was actually focused on the Patriots game because I write in-game for a column that needs to be filed immediately afterwards, and that was buffering all day as well, which is extremely frustrating because I was two or three plays behind everything uh, for most of the day. But, um, you know, the kind of the, the experience of it reminds me of when uh, Thursday Night Football launched on Amazon and the, the, the first couple were just – hazy or a lot of it depended on uh, you know what you're where you were located but um felt like the quality wasn't good and it and it was buffering all the time and it got better pretty quickly uh whereas this to me uh, i agree with john i think of all the streamers i've used this is the best one the most reliable one so it felt like to have those issues during the game i was focused on were uh, kind of a surprise because it doesn't feel like that happens too often with YouTube TV. Okay, I may check. I may I may text both of you guys on Sunday just because I'll be curious to see how that uh, how that is for you guys. I would expect it to be good, um, but uh, but like John Lewis said, you know that you know they, Google doesn't really have to <laughs> sort of pay attention to anybody just given its scope and size. But it would be smart customer service, obviously, to make sure that that thing that thing rocks. Uh, John Lewis, I'll go to you. Um, this is not really a viewership question. This is just more of like a, uh, um, what are your thoughts on this kind of thing? Um, Dolphins Chiefs, as uh, as of now, is one of the the biggest games of the year. Uh, you can maybe even make the argument it's the biggest game of the year, depending on a couple of other games. And it's in Frankfurt, and it's on the NFL Network, and it's kicking at nine thirty a.m. So it's kind of interesting to me that one of the games of the year so far in the NFL isn't being played in this country. It's being played at a very off time. Um, and it obviously speaks to the NFL's designs on going internationally. But man, like this game, this could be Sunday Night Football, right? This could be 425 in the CBS window, but instead 930 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, it's uh, very reminiscent of what the NBA or baseball might do. You take one of your best games of the year, you put it in a place it wouldn't ordinarily be and you make sure it's on a on an obscure network at an inconvenient time for people (laughs) Um, the nfl is usually smarter than this and uh i mean look i guess they didn't know the dolphins would be this good but i mean i think it was a pretty safe bet the dolphins would be really good and even if they weren't you have the tyreek hill narrative and and playing his former team so this was always going to be a high quality game i think you know, for the NFL, those Sunday morning games from London really ought to be games that wouldn't draw otherwise. So you're getting something extra, right? But when you're putting in a game that would have been a pretty big game in any time slot, you're wasting it in that 9.30 a.m. window. And, uh, you know, you're wasting it on NFL Network. I mean, beyond anything else, maybe even if it's on 9.30 a.m., they used to put 
some of those London games on, on CBS and Fox before this new deal started. Obviously, now they need to find as much inventory for NFL Network as they can without the Thursday night games there. But it definitely seems like a, 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 a wasted opportunity by the NFL. Probably the first one that I can think of since that Packers-Cowboys game on NFL Network back in 07, back when uh, NFL Network was was still a very uh, fledgling concern back then. Um, I will say this, Chad. If I lived in Frankfurt, I'd be psyched. It's a pretty awesome game I get <laughs> yeah, to. Uh, well, hey, good, but, good for them. Good for yeah, them. but, but uh, John Lewis's points, Chad, are... are I think dead on. Um, you know, if in an ideal universe, I mean, the NFL can never publicly say this because they obviously want to try to expand their market, but you don't want Dolphins Chiefs on at 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday in another country. Like, this is, you know, this could be the AFC Championship, a preview of it. And, like, yeah. that game should be on the best window possible. No NFL Network on YouTube TV either. But, ah. uh, yeah. Uh, I think that's, I think NFL Network's on YouTube TV. Yeah, controversy. Chad, check maybe. NFL Chad, Network, maybe no, maybe uh, pay more money for a better better package. How about that? Yeah, we don't have it. You don't have NFL Network. I, I guarantee you that NFL Network is on. Oh YouTube. no, you know what? I mixed it up. MLB Network's the one that, yeah, that we I'm lost. taking. Yeah. No offense, yeah. Chad, but I'm I'm going with John Lewis on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it it wasn't on it when we first got it, and then it got added. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, uh, but you know the thing that uh, I'm interests me the most from this game i mean beyond the time and network is uh, i don't think there's a broadcaster that i've heard more positive and negative about opposite ends of the spectrum than than eisen on play-by-play and uh he has this game uh my twitter feeds i can't remember which game it was the last one he did but my twitter feed was just full of people saying hey eisen brings a great sense of humor to this or uh this is the the worst play-by-play I've ever heard. And I think a lot of times in that case, um, when it's a guy who you, you're used to in a different role uh, and it's unfamiliar, um, you're going to get a, a wide variance of, of opinions on it. But uh, I'm curious with such a marquee matchup, whether you know people are going to feel good about him and McCordy and Orlovsky, a, a group that they're really not that familiar with in the broadcast booth. Yeah, it, I have, Rich Eisen is my Q and A this Saturday. Um, we 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 got into it's a long discussion about play by play. He is, uh, you know, beyond excited. He'd be the first person to say that. Um, you know, he'd be better with two hundred more reps. Uh, uh, yeah, play there was play. a lot of positive about him, but just well, the, I was going to say like he he, he, he just yeah, was, it's his style is different, and um, and I think the other thing is to give um, to give I, some fairness to Eisen here is your brain has to sort of accept that a longtime host is now a play-by-play. You know what I mean? You, you, you're you thinking of him as the host of Sunday NFL Sunday morning, and you're thinking of him as the guy who does the draft. And I think it takes the brain a little bit of a, you know, a, the NFL brain, I should say, like a little bit of time to sort of now counter, oh, this is the guy now who's uh, who's doing play-by-play. But he'd be the first to say, you know, he's probably learning on the job in terms of less is more. You don't talk as much, obviously, as a play-by-play person. Um, as you do as a host, you got to rely on people in this case, like Orlovsky and McCordy. He probably hasn't worked with them, um, a ton. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I I think John Lewis, if you want to weigh in, you can, where I think the NFL network has, has sort of smartly done this now is they're no longer doing the gimmick of having like all the morning show guys, like as the booth, you know, the Mariucci, Urban, et cetera. Like now it's Eisen, 
Dan Orlovsky, who's done a number of games, and McCourty, who's fresh off the field. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not like a gimmick where you're just trying to promote the NFL network, and I think this is right. better that way. My, this might yeah. Be yeah, I mean, I would say Eisen obviously earned it. He left SportsCenter at the top of SportsCenter to go join NFL Network when that was not an automatic thing. I remember thinking to myself, we're never going to see him again, right? Because the idea <laughs> of an NFL-specific network, it didn't make a ton of sense in 2003. Um, and he deserves, obviously, from that decision to to get a little bit of loyalty down the line in an assignment like this. But at the same time, you know, it does kind of bring down the broadcast when you don't have somebody who is a regular voice doing the game. And Eisen, he's not necessarily bad, but like, for example, at the end of the game the other day that he did, he did he referenced David Spade and I guess that was like maybe from his radio show and you know that to me is one of those where you say okay you know what this is a national NFL game I'm not going to make any references to my radio show here I'm not going to do any inside jokes I think to me when you're doing a game of this magnitude that kind of stuff definitely need not be a part of it and I think they're not doing him any favors either because the previous games that he did in London he did with Kurt Warner. Why on earth isn't Kurt Warner his partner this time around, especially since Kurt... He's excellent. Yeah. No, he, he does a great job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I don't know that uh, Jason McCourty... Uh, I, well, is it Jason or is it Devin? McCourty? Jason. Right. So I don't even yep. know if Jason McCourty has done a, a NFL live game before. And Orlovsky has done a handful, like three, four... Uh, for the secondary team at ESPN and has never worked with Eisen or recording before. And this is that magnitude of a game. So I actually don't think NFL Network is doing much better right now with this decision than they did when they were having the the game day morning people come in and do it. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I like uh, some disagreement there. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait, you know, if I get up uh, for it, um, I'll, I'll sort of make my, um, <laughs> you know, make my, make my judgment on that. But it will be... Um, it will be a. I'm not sure Eisen's ever going to be in front of a bigger audience, um, you know, just depending on what the numbers are, and just because I think they'll get a pop, uh, just because it's such an an important uh, game for both teams. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. All right, a couple more things uh, here. We won't do anything on, uh, I mean, just so people know, NFL had a really good uh, week eight, um, some some big big numbers uh, for the league. They're up for the year, and uh, you know the next time we do a mini pod, we'll uh, we'll get into that. Chad, I want to go to you. There's been so much talk about Pat McAfee and uh, College Game Day. Um, you know, from the um, Pat McAfee's ruining College Game Day to Pat McAfee's giving College Game Day a juice to uh, the show is not the show I once loved to some people who are like, I'm only, you know, I'm now all in on Fox's pregame show to others who are like, uh, um, and game day is still just as good, et cetera. I, I, I don't know how much game day you watch or how much of the Sunday, Saturday morning, uh, shows you watch, but you've certainly 
sort of seen a lot of the ch- talk on on McAfee. And I will just say this, like, you know, I'm not saying this is motivation, but I can just tell you from The Athletic, uh, for sure, because obviously I see the numbers as a writer there. You write about McAfee and, and you get a lot of page views. Um, in the same way, once upon a time, people who wrote about Bill Simmons or Aaron Andrews got a ton of page views. So he he is one of the people now who draw good, bad, or indifferent. He drives conversation. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, obviously, he's brought a uh, kind of a different vibe to the show, but I don't think he's a problem. Uh, I, or I an agree issue. with that. It, it, it does seem like. Uh, it maybe trends a little bit older now than the Fox show. You know, the Herb Street's been there a long time, obviously Corso, Desmond Howard, um, and, and uh, maybe has gotten a little bit, the sacrifice sort of some human interest stuff for more of the hot take type of things, particularly Howard. I don't know if they ever, um, you know, Gene Wojciechowski and uh, uh, Tom Rinaldi, always did the sort of human interest yeah, it's usually uh, Jen Lada gen, now but right yep. yeah get Jen I mean Jen does a good job but it's not at the same uh, volume that it was uh, before with those it seems more they've sort of leaned into hot takes and things like that particularly Howard and uh, I don't know it's uh, it's still a terrific show Reese, Reese Davis still ju- does a phenomenal job hosting I'm happy to see uh, Pete Thamel have known known for quite a while as, uh, you know, getting, uh, getting reps on there too, but, um, things get stale and I think it has, uh, uh, gotten a little bit stale, uh, compared to sort of the liveliness of the Fox, uh, you know, noon program. I think John Lewis, uh, you know, again, I don't know how much you watch this, but one of the things to me, like, um, about college game day is that the, the reality is, like, when you have – Chad was getting at this. When you have people who've been there a long time, like in the case of, obviously, Herb Street and Howard, you know, they're they're not as – they're not as um, – their playing careers from college are so far away from the current audience, you know, and that can make a difference. I'm not saying either of those two aren't good on the show, but, like, that's where you sort of start getting, like, the tag of is it fresh enough and stuff. What I think um, is – Game Day is going to have a huge opportunity, I think, to, to end all this conversation. And it, to me, it doesn't involve Pat McAfee at all. It involves Lee Corso, you know, who's obviously been just an iconic figure on that show. He, he, he grew that show. Without Corso, Game Day would never have been Game Day. Um, and at, at a certain point, like whether it's his choice or ESPN's choice, like he's going to leave that show. And then they have a real chance to me to redefine it. And I think they have to bring in like, I mean, Nick Saban or someone like that would be the, the greatest kind of bring in. But you need to me to bring in a coach who has recently coached, who's charismatic, um, who college football fans identify with. I'm not saying this is an easy hire. But then I think like that, then the, the, the McAfee effect, I think, is a little lower in that, you're, you know, everything McAfee does doesn't become – um, the center of that show. Again, I, I've said to death what I think of Urban Meyer. I, I, I would not trust him with, uh, you know, Halloween candy, let, let alone my kids. But like, you know, like they have a formula there where they have a well-known coach and they have some people on set who are at least more, have more currency in terms of being closer to the, to, to them playing in Leinart um, uh, and Mark Ingram, uh, you know, versus the, the game day thing. I don't think that's a better show, quite frankly, than game day at all. But, the, you know, like, I, I think that's, 
for all the attention on McAfee, I actually just look at it a little differently. I, I think the Corso spot is where they they can change the notion of the show is too old. But again, I've now rambled for a while. I, how do you see it? Well, first of all, you make an excellent point about the amount of time from these analysts playing careers. We see this on Inside the NBA. The show was dramatically stronger when Charles was a 36-year-old who was fresh off the court and you know trying to figure out if he was going to come back and play with Jordan and the Wizards, right? The show was fresher and stronger and newer and more organic then. It's still great now, but it's a TV show. And how often do we see in TV those first couple of seasons, there's something organic and fresh about it. And then by the end, it's a little bit more self-referential, a little bit more where the characters are caricatures of themselves. That just That's just the nature of TV, right? So I think as far as game day goes, it's going to be tough because a caricature of Lee Corso, and you know that's maybe a little bit harsher than I'd like because I think everyone loves Lee, but you know at this point we're down to just Lee does some of the catchphrases he does and does yeah shtick exactly and of course the headgear you know a caricature is still a safer bet than trying to invent an entirely new character altogether right right? yep and uh mcafee maybe as a replacement for corso could be the way that that goes in the future but i i don't know how easy it's going to be once corso is gone that's the soul of the show you know, I kind of liken it to use a very old example. You know, what happened to Three's Company when they lost Suzanne Summers, <laughs> right? It was not the same show. It, they kept it going, but it was not the same show. I did not expect that Suzanne Summers reference on this podcast. I'm going to be very honest. Um, you didn't drop Pris- <laughs> you didn't drop Priscilla Barnes on me, which would have been well, next next level kind of uh, of Three's Company referencing. You um, know, I watch an unnerving amount of Three's Company. All right, I'm gonna, I'm going to clearly. I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's really going old school. Like that's ABC in the 70s, right? Late 70s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, uh, I feel like if I drop like a Cheers, Friends, St. Elsewhere, Cosby Show reference, I get called uh, like an old man. So like that's even going back another generation, John. So like well done on that. So Chad, like, to, you know, again, like the thing with McAfee, and again, <laughs> trust me, like, uh, like McAfee has his flaws. Like it's sometimes it's a little bit too much bro stuff, et cetera. But w- what I would say is, you do have to have people who bring energy to that environment because the whole show, to me, is about energy. Like, you're on a college campus. You got supposedly crazy college kids behind the cast, and they kind of want to see, like, the cast do, like, fun and crazy stuff. So I actually think that, to me, to me on a television basis, like, that addition makes sense. If I was advising Pat McAfee, um, and, and trust me, I am not, but if I was advising him, I would just say, like, try not to be too online. Like, you you are you have now become one of the most famous people in sports media. If you go on Twitter, slash X, you're always going to find in your mentions, especially at that level, I mean, the guy's that famous. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to find, like, hundreds and hundreds of people just shitting on you. But you, <laughs> you, but you can't take... Does he get I, mad about that? I've I think so. That. I think, yeah, I think a little bit too much. And I think, oh. I, I'm again, it's very easy for me to say, but I think you got to just try to, like, not one either don't go through your mentions or two just try to take it as noise because when you get that kind of media fame every, you know what i mean like the waves of opinions are going to be such that it could really f with your head because it's just too much 
stimuli. In, in many ways, like I am happy. You know, like trust me, I'd, I'd love McAfee's eighty-five million bucks. I'm not gonna lie, but I would not trade this life for that life because I think it just becomes, it becomes too much. It become, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like too many people have a have a take on you. So, um, yeah, the reason I reference that chat is because he had mentioned he's not sure. Um, he would want to go back to game day and he said he's, you know, he's heard some of the people who say, you, you know, you've ruined the tradition of it. One, I think he's absolutely still going to come back. I think it's just a guy who's pretty exhausted and tired, but yeah, that, that would be my advice because when you get to the McAfee level or Stephen A. Smith level or Joe Buck level or Al Michaels level, Jim Nance level, every, there's just, you know, 30 million people know who you are, which means if they have access to social media, right? Hundreds of thousands of people are going to give an opinion. And nobody gets, nobody's beloved 90%, 10%. Well, as somebody who blocks anyone who vaguely annoys annoys me on Twitter, I totally, uh, I I totally recommend that for someone uh, of McAfee's profile or just ignore it altogether. But I I think the thing with him is, and it's not an issue, it's just the reality. He's such a boisterous personality and he's, uh, it's, it's not like he, sucks the energy out of any show that he's on but he's just going to be the center focus just based on how his the size and magnitude of his personality how loud he is uh, how opinionated he is um it sometimes can overshadow people and i I think john might be onto something with him as the eventual uh replacement for for corso in that role of the 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 jokester guy and but i think he i think they already I think he's there already. He's in the he's on yeah. the center seat. Don't you think they've they've sort of done that already? But it always circles around him. You know, I, did you yeah. think of Corso was the the focus of the show? I never really did. No, he, he, uh, I, I mean, mean he I, yes, the, he was like punchline at the time. end, the kicker at yes. the end. But once upon a time, he was the center. To me, now he's. I mean, Corso is essentially just uh, a guy who's really there. I think for the end of the show segment, closer uh, where yeah. he picks the yeah. Yeah, yeah the closer. Um. I, I don't know. I just I think that show becomes very very different if um, you're able to replace Corso with someone who has more currency. Then then I think the um, the show changes. And again, like listen, McAfee's he's going to have to live with the fact that there are going to be a lot of people who don't like him because he's platform Aaron Rodgers, um, and there's going to be people who don't like him for um, you know things that either happen on his show or elsewhere. But like you know, this is what happens when you get to like you know yeah. Stephen A. Smith level. Um, fame. The Fox show is just interesting in the sense that, like, they've really done. I, I, I do give them credit. They 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 created a show that actually now gets some numbers against what was one of the most famous sports studio shows of all time. And then John Lewis. That show has really helped them as any kind of lead into the twelve o'clock window, which they've owned. So you know. Again, I make my feelings very clear about Urban Meyer, but I can separate that from the fact that as a sports television play, that that Fox morning show, football, is a massive success given just the numbers it brings in. And then maybe beyond that, it gives them a legitimate um, lead-in that makes sense into their football games. Well, I would argue it's been a more successful incursion into ESPN's territory than Fox Sports 1 has been. A thousand percent. I agree with yeah. that. I mean, the reality is they have forced game day into a defensive stance, right? So two things have happened on game day, uh, or two things have happened to game day. One is the creation of the big noon kickoff, and the other is the acquisition of McAfee. And it's all 
kind of tied into, well, we have to be more relevant to these younger viewers. Some of that can get to a cringy place like uh, the big panic synergy uh, chant that, uh, that Desmond Howard did the other day. And, uh, you know, ultimately it's, it's one of those things where, you know, game day is kind of forced to not rest on its laurels because it has this competition. So it's, uh, that, that's a pretty amazing statement by, uh, you know, Fox, because usually what you'll see is a show like game day will just kind of coast. Well, they can't coast anymore because they've got this competition. Now they're still winning that head to head and dominating it, but you know, they, they, they also are looking in that rearview mirror as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really, that's, that's a, that's a great take. Um, and I agree with everything there. Um, I was going to get into the future of uh, live linear sports talk on the radio, but we'll save that for uh, another time. I already kept you guys nearly 40 minutes. But I had Amanda Gifford on of ESPN um, uh, last week. It was really interesting. She oversees now all of uh, ESPN's live college football broadcast. But prior to that, she um, she had a very big job in ESPN audio, and she started her career as Colin Coward's producer. And she was more bullish on sports talk radio in terms of uh, as a live play, not just an audio play, like on podcasting, uh, uh, maybe than than most people. And so um, we'll talk about it at a certain point. Obviously, Chad, you're in a city where sports talk uh, radio still matters. Um, John, I don't think you are, correct? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Chad, is there's no – I mean, yeah, it's either Boston or Philadelphia where it's sort of – New York, too, I guess, where it really uh, matters. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, is there anything else uh, that you guys want to hit on before I uh, before I let you out of here, John? Anything? Any last thoughts or something desperate that you want to talk about? Well, I mean, uh, just on that subject, I was going to say, you know, I did teach in Boston for uh, a brief period of time, and uh, it is kind of interesting how much those radio folks resonate with young people. You don't really think of, you know, college age, you know, students as caring about sports talk radio, but you know, whether it's uh, now, I don't actually know if it's pronounced Toucher and Rich or Touche and Rich. Toucher. Okay. Yep. So, you know, I'm, I'm not familiar with, I'm not familiar with these guys at all, but like, you know, young people are familiar with Toucher and Rich with uh, the, um, you know, what's the, what, what, well, I shouldn't be talking about Boston Sports Radio because I, I don't even know the acronym for the big controversial one. I'm, I'm thinking Mass, WSAN. The Afternoon Drive show. Yeah. 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 Or WBZ or whatever. Yeah. Sports yeah, I didn't spend yeah. a lot of time in Boston, to be to be clear. But uh, very much, you know, just interesting to me that that would be relevant with that demo. Yeah, Chad, let me ask you this question before you say this, because I'm curious. What, on average, what do you think a uh, what do you think a sports talk host makes in Boston today <laughs> on one of the two big stations annually? Like, what kind of salary are you pulling down? You pulling down a quarter million dollars? Oh, more than that. It depends on your where you are, but uh, yeah, Fugger and Maserati make way more than that. Uh, Fred Toucher and Rich Shirt and Leib in the morning, who uh, it's kind of interesting 
not to get too far into the weeds, but they've always negotiated their contracts together. There's been some tension on the show, uh, and now they're negotiating separately. And Toucher just signed his contract, and they make uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, uh, well beyond a, a quarter, at least the last I knew. Um, and the ratings are still very high. But if you're in middays, you're not, you know, not making a whole heck of a lot. Usually, if you're if you're the host, uh, you know, paired up with the ex-athlete in kind of that format usually that host doesn't make a ton of money comparatively to what the drive time shows do okay so if you're morning drive afternoon drive if you if you've got some name recognition in a big city like boston history still, numbers you, you, yeah history yeah, ratings you, you'll, you'll make big you, bucks so you can still make big bucks all right well i mean that's interesting um that has re- you know the one thing is that's been reduced like um you know over the years where you know maybe there's uh um I, I don't even want to sort of ballpark it, but you know, maybe like once upon a time, at least I can speak to in New York, where maybe like every host at the fan who was a five day a week or like in the nineties, something like that, was making some really nice money. Glenn Ordway um, used to make yeah. a million bucks, a million yeah, bucks a year. It's sort of been yeah. reduced now to a to a to a handbill, but still, you know, again, you can, you know, as long as you can pay your bills, it's it's, it's it definitely can be a fun job. Uh, Chad, anything you want to add before I get out before we get out of here? Um, no, nothing. Uh, Got in the usual Boston sports talk. Uh, uh, <laughs> very granular some uh, conversation angry, so uh, on my part. Angry, uh, angry Apple and uh, Spotify people saying, "Stop regionalizing this is a, <laughs> a na- national podcast." You know, whatever. I mean, you know, that's, hey, listen, we don't have the budget of the Marshan Orand and, uh, and and Brian Curtis press box uh, podcast, man. I, you know, I oh, do they have big budgets? Do. I, I really don't know. It just makes. I'm just trying to position myself as the uh, as the underdog. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, John Lewis, founder and editor of Sports Media Watch. As, he, as I said at the top, check out uh, every Tuesday for his full list of uh, NFL ratings and college football ratings. Chad Finn, of course, the uh, uh, fine uh, columnist uh, for the Boston Globe. All right. If, listen. If you like these kind of conversations, head to the archives page where. Uh, where there should be stuff that is of uh, is of interest to you. I mentioned before we had Amanda Gifford, Vice President of Production for ESPN, on uh, who oversees their college, company's college football. People seem to really dig that. John Shambi, the radio voice of the World Series, talked about uh, his craft. He was great. Doris Burke was a guest on this podcast October 23rd. Obviously talked about joining uh, Doc Rivers and Mike Green. I wanna, I'll bring John Lewis and Chad Finn back. We'll, we'll get some takes on how they think that group is doing. And Dan Orlovsky was a guest on this podcast uh, in October, as well as obviously all the uh, mini pods that have involved uh, viewership. Um, Thank you to everybody at Odyssey for their support. Thanks, of course, to Patrick Antonetti for all his hard work. And most of all, thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.